musicians, platform workers. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Did I hear that that Maldonado boy was called Malachi Mitchell? I predict a wonderful future for that child. I bet he's incredibly handsome. Amen. <laughs> Luke chapter 22. D.L. Moody uh, used to tell the story in uh, connection with evangelism. It talked about a, a man who was a barber in the olden days. And this man uh, uh, was challenged in a sermon and uh, that uh, he should be involved in witnessing, challenging people about their salvation, but... Uh, uh, was unsure of himself, and he had zeal, but he lacked wisdom. He said, on the Monday after hearing the uh, challenge in the sermon, uh, a customer came to uh, get a shave. Man had on the apron, gets him in the barber chair, lathers him up, and you know, in the old days, they had the straight razor. He chose to wait until he had the razor at the man's throat, and he said, are you ready to meet your maker? <laughs> and the man jumped up and ran screaming from the, uh, the barber's shop. He said, he meant well, but he did not approach it well. That lacked a little bit of wisdom. In the scripture we're going to read, Peter also means well. He wants to help Jesus out. But uh, because he misunderstands some things, because he is uh, frustrated, he actually winds up doing damage and in the scripture we're going to read, he chops off the ear of uh, a man named Malchus. And Jesus has to heal his ear. There are profound lessons here for us if we are to get a hearing for the gospel. And uh, there's some things that we have to understand. And part of the reason why I'm uh, preaching this is to help some of you gain perspective after our election. I want to preach about healing ears from Luke 22. If you want to read with me, starting at verse 49. The Bible says, when they that uh, were about him, about Jesus, saw what was happening, they said to him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them, we know this is Peter, he smote the servant of the high priest and he cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered, said, suffer, the, uh, suffer ye thus this far. In other words, stop this. He touched the man's ear and he healed him. <clears throat> I want to preach about healing ears. We have to begin by looking for a moment at the uh, principle of wrong conclusions. The Bible says that we as human beings, we suffer from limited vision. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, Now we see things imperfectly as in a, a, a poor quality mirror. He's giving a picture about spiritual things, and, and in life he says that often our vision is cloudy. We get glimpses of what should happen. We get outlines, but it's fuzzy. We cannot see things clearly at times, and that is something that we all suffer from, from time to time. And because we have limited vision, we come to wrong conclusions. One of the major areas that this is true has to do with the will of God. What is it that God wants to do on earth? 
And we can see broad outlines of God's will. You can see that plainly uh, 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 in the Bible. We know that God has in mind the kingdom of God. The Pastor Mitchell preached an entire series on this. Yeah, this is God wants to rule on earth. We know that God wants to save people. We know that God is a God of righteousness and he wants righteousness to work out on earth. Those are the broad outlines that is easy to understand. But where we miss it is, is we miss the methods. How is it that God is going to work out his will on the earth and uh, in the, uh, the scripture that we read here is uh, uh, simply the culmination of, uh, uh, of God's people who, like us, had completely missed the method of God uh, bringing about His will. And they assumed and were looking for an earthly kingdom. Matthew 20, verse 21 Jesus said, what is your request? This is the mother of James and John. And she replied, in your kingdom, will you let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and one on your left? In other words, the, the only thing she could grasp is that he wants to rule. He talked about the kingdom of God. That means there's going to be some great jobs. And she comes and says, could my boys have the good jobs? Could they be, uh, have uh, influence in your new administration? Acts 1.6 says, when the apostles were all together, they asked Jesus, Lord, are you now going to give the kingdom back to Israel? Remember that uh, God's people, they, they had to been conquered militarily. Rome now ruled their nation. They were occupied by uh, uh, enemy soldiers. And, and so after all of Jesus' teaching, after hearing about the kingdom of God and righteousness and, and all these things, uh, is they say, so does that mean that now you're going to kick the Romans out and you're going to give the kingdom back to Israel. In other words, here's the problem when we misunderstand how God moves. We make the mistake of telling God how he has to move. Matthew 16, verse 21 and 22 says, From then on Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly he had to go to Jerusalem and told them what would happen to him there. He would suffer, he'd be killed, and raised on the third day, but Peter took him aside and corrected Jesus, saying, Heaven forbid, Lord, that will never happen to you. Peter suffered from the same faulty vision and therefore wrong conclusions that we suffer from sometimes. He said, wait, wait a minute, that doesn't fit. No, 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 you can't work that way. That's impossible. I already have it worked out, and uh, suffering does not work out with my plan that I'm hoping you'll endorse. In the scripture that we just read here, Peter now, this is the conclusion of Jesus' life, he makes the mistake that we make, and that is God can only work in one way. Peter assumed God only had one method. That method is earthly kingdom. If they're coming to arrest Jesus, that means we have to fight. Luke twenty two forty nine. 49, when his followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? In other words, the only way that God can move in life is earthly kingdom. So if it's an earthly kingdom and they're coming to arrest you on the earth, that means we need to fight. And pull their swords in order to fight. Now, the problem with that is exactly what happens in this scripture, is that if you think that God only has one plan, 
and God doesn't work according to the one plan that you have worked out, you are then left in depression. So, God, you let us down. You failed us. Luke 24, 21, the man on the road to Emmaus, they said, we thought he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. All those things that happened to him, that was three days ago. So let me give you a little bit of perspective concerning the election. We spoke before the election. We said that you need to vote, you need to pray concerning moral issues. But let me give you understanding post-election now. Because we understand that God is against abortion and God is against gay marriage and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, the wrong conclusion out of that limited understanding is the only way God can work possibly in America is if we have a Republican as president. That's, that's why some of you, you came in Wednesday, you came dragging, didn't you? You come in the house of God. and In other words, is that uh, 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 the problem is some of you came Wednesday because you thought God lost the election. <laughs> it wasn't John McCain lost. You thought God lost. God's in heaven going, how many votes? How many votes? That had to be acorn. There's no way. <laughs> and there are, I'm, I'm talking to, my, to uh, my pastor's friends. There's some people that are struggling with this issue. If they wanted the election to go the other way, they're saying, we prayed God let us down. Why did he make people when they went to mark their ballot and they went for O, their hand went, Wah! Because that is faulty reasoning. Is that God, the only method he has is one. What we have to acknowledge, this is things like this, when you have an election that doesn't go your way and I'm... I'm uh, you understand, we, we have said there are going to be changes. This is in line with prophecy and, and things are going to get worse. But having said that, I want you to acknowledge something. That is that God is smarter than we are. God is much smarter than we are. He has many ways he can work. Not just one way, and that is important that we, we know that. He can even turn enemy assaults, things that are totally and completely bad, he can make good things come out of that. Jesus here, when they're coming to arrest him, they are going to take him to the cross. And Peter says, absolutely not. This is bad. Because he thought that was only the only way that God could work was an earthly kingdom. In actual fact, his followers thought that Jesus lost. In actual fact, he won. That brought the greatest amount of salvation possible. Listen to me. There are times when God chooses not to work in one way, even if we think it's the best way, because we're not God, and he's smarter than us. And this is something you're going to have to learn in life. When he chooses to not work in a certain way, that is his will too. That means he's going to work another way. It doesn't mean he's stopped. doesn't mean he's going to retire. It just means I'm not choosing to work that way. Listen to me. God always has another plan. Verse Matthew 26, 53, he said, Don't you realize I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly. This is Matthew's take on the same verse. He's, here they are as they're coming to arrest him. Peter says, no, 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 no. This cannot be good. And Jesus says, 
Don't you understand? I could force my way here. I have enough power. That's not the issue. But I am choosing not to. I'm going to work in another way. May 3rd, 1999. Pastor Troy and, and Trina Withy. They're moving into their uh, new uh, parsonage, the, uh, the church house. They had just become the new pastors of First Baptist Church in Mulhall, Oklahoma. Spent the day moving in, unpacking boxes and, and uh, getting ready. Later, later that evening came time they're going to shower, get ready. He's going to preach his first service in the new church the next morning. And their water heater stopped working. They got no hot water. So they called one of the people in the church and, and they said, why don't you come stay the night with us and, and uh, we'll deal with that on Monday. When they got to the, uh, uh, the brother's house in the church that they're going to stay at, they heard over the radio a, a bulletin, a, a tornado warning. Tornadoes were coming. They go down in their uh, basement, and uh, this man's basement, and wait until the storm passes. When the storm passed, they, they turned on the radio, heard the reports of damage, and so they went to see what became of the church parsonage. And when they got there, they discovered nothing left. All that was there was a concrete slab. The entire house had been wiped out. Now, we could say, why didn't God keep the water heater from busting? Right? That's a bummer. That's going to cost some money and a plumber and all that. But God's working another way. Right? And he's really smart at that. Because he knows stuff that we don't know. And our mistake is when we give God the, the agenda, the talking points, and say, God, now, you help us do what we worked out as best. And sometimes you work out, you, you come up against situations that you find God is choosing to work another way. Let's talk secondly about chopping off ears. <laughs> when we come to wrong conclusions, this is not just an internal issue. It's not just that you're a little bummed out. The problem is we take wrong actions that affect other people. So here is Peter. He doesn't get what God is doing on the earth. He says there's only one way for God to move. And if anything is coming, so his answer is, I'm going to sort it out. And he picks the man probably next to him, probably is going for his head. And the Bible says, here this man, he is going to help Jesus out and as he does, the man ducks and he slices his ear off. Let me, let me tell you, there's a lesson here. When you misunderstand God's will, chances are good you're going to hurt somebody. That is the point of this story. Luke 9, 54 through 55. says when his disciples, James and John, saw this. They said, Lord, you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and kill them, burn them up like Elijah did? He turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you're of. You know what happens when you don't get it? Is that everybody becomes the enemy. Everybody becomes the enemy. I was looking yesterday. This is a, a fascinating. There's a church in Freehold, Iowa called Landover Baptist Church. This is their church slogan. You know how we... Uh, I don't know what ours currently is, but uh, we used to have a friendly family church. This is the Freehold uh, or Landover Baptist Church. This is their, what they put underneath on their church sign. 
We're the largest, most powerful assembly of worthwhile people to ever exist. <laughs> and, oh no, it gets better. Unsaved people are not welcome. If you go to their website and say, what do these people believe? This is what they believe. They say, we do not read, eat, consume, digest, or try on any product that is not made and manufactured by born-again, Bible-believing, fundamentalist, Baptist Christians. And we would know we condemn anyone who does. And you read on their site, they're talking about all the people. They are gleefully, joyfully looking forward to them burning in hell. See, this is the problem is that everybody becomes, you know, you know, what, you know what happens when you think that God only moves one way? Is we become gospel slashers. We want to lash out against anybody who doesn't line up with what we assume is the will of God with our expectations. We want to slash homos. What are you, a new ager? I suppose you believe in global warming too. You're against gun rights, <laughs> baby killing. <laughs> and this is, this is what happened. Now notice what happens when we become slashers. You start treating everybody like the enemy. It affects what? It affects hearing. Probably he was going for his head and the man ducked. But what was the effect of that when I assume there's only one way for God to move is that the Bible says he cut off Malchus' ear. It's affect his, this affected his hearing. Imagine Jesus said, what is your job is to go and preach the good news of the kingdom. <laughs> and Jesus loves you. <laughs> Do you understand? That's not going to work. Right? Physically, this man's ear is chopped off. And whatever you say to him is not... Gonna, he's going to have difficulty hearing your message after you just slashed him. The Bible says that we are ambassadors. That means we're personal representatives of the king. What happens is that people will base their opinions of the king on us. When I lived in South Africa, they had some uh, uh, ambassadors that they had to recall because while they would be at, uh, people would be coming to ask questions and maybe want to do business with South Africa, this guy would get drunk and he'd be feeling up all the women. So they had to bring him home because they said, is this, are all South Africans jerks like this guy? He's giving the whole country a bad name. The Bible says the messengers and the message are intertwined. You cannot divide them. This is very important. Colossians 4 verse 5 says, Walk in wisdom towards them who are without, redeeming the time. So what happens here is that when you are frustrated because you thought God's will could only be one way, the problem is then you begin affecting people's ability to hear the gospel message. And this is my uh, 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 great uh, uh, concern. 
I, I am uh, preaching this. I came back to America four years ago. I arrived the day after the election four years ago. It was a bruising election. In that one, our guy won if you're a Republican. And uh, people were, but uh, one of the things that was very disturbing to me is that in imbibing everything off the internet and finding out what a, you know, no good candidate John Kerry was, is that God's people became hateful towards everybody. It wasn't just information so that I can make it. Let's be honest, folks. Lots of the stuff you read before the election, it didn't change your mind. You already were going to vote one way, right? So, but what happens is then we begin to look at everybody as the enemy. I know how you voted. I can see the O in your eyes, can't I? <laughs> and God's people then begin to slash and stab and hack when that is not our purpose. So Jesus has wise advice. Can I give you something wise advice after a disappointing election for some of you? Luke twenty two fifty one. Jesus said, stop. No more of this. John 18, 11, Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Listen to me. God's purpose is bigger than politics. It really is. It's bigger than our fears. Some of you are afraid of what's going to happen. God's bigger than that. It's bigger than our frustration. Let's close with one last thought. Let's talk about healing ears for a moment. The message here is regardless of what happens in life, God doesn't want anything to get in the way of people's hearing. Think about this. This is the last miracle that Jesus ever performed on earth. The very last one he's ever going to do. They're never going to see another one for uh, some of them. And in his ministry, it has great significance. The Bible says he touched the man's ear and he healed him. Let's learn some lessons as we close. Lesson number one, Jesus would rather people be able to hear than to prove he was right. It's very important. Because what happens, our egos get involved. Right? We want to be right. I'll tell you, there's a reason why I voted the way I did. And let me tell you all the reasons. Jesus here would rather that this man hear than he be proved right. Does, the, does this man deserve Jesus' kindness? No, he's there to arrest Jesus. He's going to take Jesus away so he'd be killed. But Jesus still would prefer that the man hear rather than make sure that all you People who don't agree, you understand. Lesson number two. Sometimes God has to help us with our own foolishness. Any of you, would you be honest enough that when you were new converts, did any of you ever, in your zeal to witness, did you ever say anything stupid? <laughs> yeah, well, how come the Pope wears a dress, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Right? Here's, here's Peter, man. I'm doing it for you, Jesus. Peter, pick up the ear, put it back on. 
you know sometimes God has to help us we have hurt our own cause we have people we love people we worked with and we said stupid things oh, okay the people down the street they said stupid things <laughs> but thank God God is bigger than our ignorance all right Peter wasn't evil he was he just didn't understand Lesson number three is that God opens damaged ears. This is not just a physical miracle, but it's a visible picture of what God is always able to do. There are people that you love, there are people you work with, people you go to school with, that their hearing is damaged right now for whatever reason. I want to tell you something. Jesus could reach down and touch their ear spiritually and cause them to be able to hear. In other words, so here's the lesson. Don't give up on people because they don't hear you today. Right? If Peter had carried this to a logical conclusion is, well, he can't hear, might as well kill him. Right? Because that's the wrong conclusion. That is what Landover Baptist Church says. Yeah, there's folks that can't hear, and we're glad they're going to burn in hell. Serving the saved since 1692, that's their other slogan. <laughs> They don't get it. They'll just never listen. Is that because of their political beliefs, their pride, their sin, their education? Don't give up on them because God is able to open ears. Some of you, this is the mistake. Again, you vote intelligently on issues. You pray. You seek God's will. But don't give up on everybody who doesn't vote like you. That is my fear is that because you're disappointed about election, then you make anybody who doesn't vote like you not feel welcome. And that is wickedness. And that is not God's will for us as believers. Some scholars, they believe that this miracle impacted Malchus and that he became a believer. Scholars believe this was uh, written some 50 years after the event, they believed that Malchus became part of the early church. Can you imagine? Guy would be preaching and he'd be talking about, I want to tell you about the miracles of Jesus. Malchus, stand up. Come here, come here. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. There's not even a scar. This man's hearing and he became saved. You know what? We have some people sitting here that in order for God to save you, he had to heal your ear, didn't he? Some of you used to believe some very strange things, didn't you? Come on, just nod your head. It's okay. <laughs> and God had to help you overcome some things. Listen to me. In the wisdom of God, if God chose not to influence the election towards the Republicans, that is his business. But I want to tell you, it may be that God may use this very fact to open more ears than ever. Because that is God's ultimate purpose. is not to have a particular political party in power. It's to have people in heaven. That is God's purpose for our life. That will involve healing ears. I want you to bow your heads. Close your eyes all across this place.
Thank God. While our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. As we gather in the presence of God, if you came this morning, I did not preach on how to become born again, but what a wonderful picture of salvation this story is. Here is a man who does not deserve kindness, and Jesus shows kindness to him anyway. And number two, he completely removes the evidence of Peter's sin. That's what salvation is all about. Salvation is not just you're going to go to church. Salvation is God, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that you could be forgiven and justified. God, I don't care what you've done. He could remove the evidence against you. That's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for a moment. If you're here this morning and you are not right with God, then I want to speak to you about your great need of salvation. You're not right with God. You, you need the kindness of God. You need God's help in your life. Not because you deserve it, but because God loves you. Jesus died on the cross to demonstrate his love. I want to know how many are here. You are not right with God. Listen to me. Church is not just for Christians. Church is the place where people can get right with God. You're here this morning. God would deal with you about your sin. You want to leave your sin. You want to live a new life. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want you to do this. If you want to pray this morning in honesty before God, I want you to lift up your hand and say, Pastor Mitchell, I need Jesus. Lift up your hand all across this place. I want to be saved. I'm not right with God. I want to get right. I want God to, to change me. How many here lift up your hand? How many are backslidden? You lift up your hand. Hold it up, put it right back down. Thank God. Then, <coughs> believers, I'm, I'm bringing perspective, as I said, in talking with some of my friends who are pastors, is, is some of God's people are confused and they're making a mistake that God lost an election. And that is not true. As Pastor Mitchell preached, we need to be on God's side, not try to get him on our side. And God in his wisdom is able to turn things for his will. But overall, his major concern is that we be ambassadors, that we be representatives. Some of you, you have an interest in politics, that's fine. It's good, helpful to be informed, but unfortunately, if you're not careful, you're going to let that twist you towards the despising of anybody who doesn't vote like you, doesn't agree with your position. Voter registration is not a requirement of salvation. You need to, need to learn that. And I, as I said, I, from living many years outside the country, I arrived here the day after the election. You remember I preached and taught a series, a number of sermons dealing with this issue because what happens, we begin to despise people that God loves. He doesn't care about their 
political affiliation. He loves people. He'll let people get saved who think wrong, who vote wrong. And we cannot become despisers because it's a, it's not a far step. I read about this crazy church and their crazy website. They're glad people are going to hell. They rejoice in that. that that's because that's in us. If we're not careful, it's in us to hate. And that's wickedness. It's in us to cut people off because they don't look like us, dress like us, vote like us. That's wickedness. God's concern is that ears be opened. That's his major concern. And my desire is to see God's will worked. If he's going to work in another way, that's his business. But we allow him to work in his way and that we continue to be accurate ambassadors. I want you to stand up to your feet. I'm going to open up the altars. I want to invite you to come and talk to God. Maybe there's issues you want to talk to God about. We're going to open the altars for a time. What are you singing? I'm learning to lean. Let's sing that out. I'm learning to lean. I'm learning to lean. Learning. More power than I've ever I'm learning to lean on Jesus Well, I'm learning to lean Learning to lean Learning Lean on Jesus Power than I've ever I'm learning to lean on Jesus Well, I'm learning I'm learning to lean on Jesus Learning to lean. Well, I'm learning. Lean. I'm learning to lean. On Jesus. I've wonderful peace 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 wonder down from the Father above 
fathomless billows of love. Let's worship the Lord together right now. Father God, we thank and praise you, Lord God, hallelujah. Oh, God, we love and bless you, Lord God, hallelujah. My God, we are grateful, Lord God, hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you. Praise God. We're going to be dismissed. And I uh, want to encourage you, new converts, don't forget, 5 o'clock is uh, Foundations class. We're going to be praying at 5.30 uh, this afternoon, evening service, 6.30 this evening. Let's bow our heads and uh, Jeff Cooper dismiss in prayer.